This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon for what is your Wednesday edition of Locked On Browns. Lots of stuff to get here this evening. Your host, Jeff Lloyd from SI.com, Pete Smith, your local experts on the biggest stories Cleveland Browns wise for your daily delivery of all things dog pound. Um, obviously, Chun in the hopper here today. Um, I guess we'll start with this. Um, obviously, inevitable. Everybody kind of knew it. Pete, maybe there was the off chance, you know, Christian would take a crazy restructure. Maybe there was the off chance they could find a team who, you know, basically had worked out the next deal for Christian Kirksey, and maybe he could find some sort of draft choice. Um, we knew it was headed this way. Um, the release of Christian Kirksey, and look, it's if their issue is with resigning Joe for money, obviously you can understand their issues with Christian Kirksey. Um, you know, in the early part of his career here, he was a fantastic player, made a ton of tackles, which, as we always say, that's what the linebackers are supposed to do. Um, ingratiated himself within the city, was, you know, was a great representative of what was your brand. Even the last two years when he wasn't part of the team, Last year, uh, in 18, during 7, 8, and 1, he was the biggest cheerleader in the locker room in post games. Um, you see Mac Wilson, and, you know, Mac Wilson's getting a real big quick listen right now about, you know, what, you know, not for long as far as the NFL means. So Mac Wilson's getting that lesson real quick. Um, but obviously it had effect on a lot of everybody, teammates. Um, great person, great human being. But you only play nine games over two years after getting a nice big fat contract extension. Teams are going to move on from you. It's it's just the nature of the beast. Uh, right. So this move is coming last year. Um, it's pretty obvious that this was going to happen. The Browns saved $6.35 million worth of salary cap. Um, they did at least offer a restructure. Uh, he turned it down, and reportedly there's already teams that have reached out with interest. To what extent that means, who knows, uh, but healthy, he's an effective player. Uh, that's been the problem. He played four, four straight seasons of 16 games and then missed 23 the past two years after sending a big contract extension. Uh, and they have to eat $2.4 million in dead cap. It's not the end of the world. Uh, it doesn't really change anything. I, I don't, you know, there, there are people talking about this as like it's, a, it's an unknown curveball. Um, the Browns are going to have to, assuming they don't uh, go back to the uh, table with Joe Schobert, replace the two starters from last year. But, you know, the second Kirksey went down last season, it was a foregone conclusion that this was what was going to happen. It was just a question of how they were going to fill the void. So that's where they're at now. And, um, you know, he's a good football player, a better person. And the Browns, you know, appreciated the, situation of what it meant to let him go although I, I suppose that's sad in itself that he was here six years it felt longer than that uh, but he was the longest tenured brown along with joe batonio uh who's going to be next season at seven seasons uh yeah and you just you know it, it, you hate to see situations come to this when you're talking about a quality person and you know in, you know, I remember Christian driving around giving his shoes to homeless people and things of that nature. And obviously he's answered every request, you know, that you know, the Browns put on him or communities put on him. Um, 
And that's price there's interest. And I'm sure it's going to be some sort of a one year, 3 million, you stay healthy, play a lot of games, and we'll start paying you on tackles and performance, yada, yada, yada. Um, what you have to do, you know, you have to reprove your health when, you know, you're a player going through what he's gone through. It's it's tough. Um, but, you know, all the best to Christian Kirksey. And, you know, like I said, I mean, you know, he walked around and he carried that logo on him like it was the, you know, most productive franchise in the league, even though it wasn't. But that's what you ask for when you're you know giving these guys money and you bring them in, you give an opportunity. You ask for them to be the best player off the field, best player on the field. And for four years, he was until injuries got the better part of him. Pete, a whirlwind of a couple of months here for J.C. Trader. You get a nice big fat extension. You get married. And all of a sudden, here it is today. You were now president of the NFL Players Association. Um, not surprising. Um, when we talked with Joel Batonio about a year ago, he couldn't, you know, he literally had to get to the point where he had to stop talking about the type of guy J.C. Treader was. Um, you know, and everybody always loves this, you know, league-wise, NFL-wise, football-wise. He's an Ivy League guy. So, obviously, you know, a smart, smart young man. Um, a, good for him. B, he was one that was not – I don't want to say okay, but he was vote yes on the CBA. There are a bunch of issues to be worked out. But, Joel – I mean, J.C. Treader, now your president of the NFL Players Association. Uh, yeah, this sort of came out of left field and the fact that it wasn't – you know, it wasn't known that he was a candidate until yesterday. Uh, he, uh, they had the election today, and he apparently won. Uh, this was after he uh, sent out the details of uh, what he felt were the downsides of the proposed uh, collective bargain agreement in an effort to educate players so they could uh, vote uh, and make the most informed vote possible. He sort of availed himself to anyone who had questions. Uh, apparently, he was for the deal, uh, but just wanted people to have that information. Now he's uh, the president of the NFLPA, which is a two-year term, uh, he replaces Eric Winston, who was a three-term president, uh, and no longer eligible to be the president because he's been out of the league for two years. Um, it's a bigger deal if this collective bargain agreement doesn't get passed. Bingo. But it's still <laughs> a bigger. It's still a big deal. It's just a question of, you know, what that really entails. Um, but obviously, if they don't pass the deal as proposed, um, suddenly he becomes a very important part of the negotiation um, in terms of, of where they go from here. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, for every other player, it's kind of like sitting around, sit around and wait for the news. Guess what's sitting around and waiting for the news? You're waiting for the news to come from J.C. Treader. Um and, you know, and J.C. Treader and, you know, I know uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was one of these guys is, you know, this is going to carry us for the rest of the career. And for anybody younger than us, this may be the most of your career when we sign this collective bargaining agreement. And obviously there's kinks to be worked out. And there is some part where, you know, you look at the league and the league kind of just said, well, we'll give you weed, but you're going to give us everything else. And you get guys like Eric Weddle's like uh, everybody's smoking anyway. So don't worry about that. Um, but it, it's, it'll, you know, it's going to be, and I guess we'll, you know, we'll know more Saturday. Um, and now some things are kind of getting pushed back a little bit. Um, you will know a final vote somewhere, hopefully Saturday, you know, Sunday, whatever. Then you start to get to the tag period on Monday. This off season is going to hit like a, a crazy 
like fast and furious acceleration button, you know, oh, it always does, but you know, it, all of it's going to be dropping almost at once, Pete. Sure. Uh, the, the votes are due at 11:59 on Saturday. Um, you know, and then that'll change everything. Uh, you know, depending on what what that does, uh, the 17th game won't be a factor until 27 or until 2021. Uh, but there are some other implications that could be interesting in terms of like uh, franchise and transition tags. So far, um, that hasn't come up because nobody's applied any. Uh, but if that does pass, teams if teams would use both of them. That uh, they'd have to rescind one, but really not much changes. If it doesn't pass, then you could start seeing some changes to the calendar theoretically, um, in terms of when free agency starts and when the draft happens. Um, the draft probably won't be affected, but uh, several years ago they had the uh, one year where the draft happened before free agency uh, that sort of changed the dynamic from that standpoint. You could see that situation play out again. And that was the the Von Miller draft. And I remember, you know, a lot of veterans were given the rookies a hard time about going to the draft, which was, you know, come on, let the kids enjoy their moment, for God's sakes. You know, pain in the ass, that type of stuff. You know, don't do that. Let the kids enjoy their moment. They're not a part of it yet. Let them have it. Um, But either way, I mean, everything here, you know, look, we're on target for everything this year. We'll see the way it plans out with the collective bargaining agreement. And, you know, for common folks like us, you know, guys who you know cover the game, and for all you fans and all you you know guys and gals, just fans of the game, it's a whole bunch of rich people arguing about a lot of money. But some of this, from the player's perspective, is is they're looking out for others. They're looking out for some younger players. You know, as far as you know, practice squads getting extended. There's some good trying to be done here on the players' part. And you know, Pete and I will always tell you, um, the the product is what brings everybody here. Um, so maybe. You know, you better make sure that they are the satisfied parties in all of this. We got more to get here to um, start talking the compensatory picks today, which is something that I just don't understand. We got a bunch of listener questions. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, your Wednesday edition of Locked on Browns. It is Wednesday, and make sure when you finish this, you go ahead and fire up. That's what B said. Meredith, uh, Bree, Brittany, girl, the gals do a fantastic job. Um, it's not all Browns. It's definitely all Cleveland sports, and I'm sure they're going to have some fantastic takes on Francisco Lindor and the Indians and all that stuff. But that's what B said. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, go ahead, check the gals out. They do a fantastic job. Wednesday is the day for that's what B said. Pete, now obviously the comp picks dropped today. Um, anybody with a brain knew the Browns were not getting a, a compensatory pick. That's fine. The part where I'm confused here, and Houston Texans folks seemed like they were on it the second that Duke Johnson played in whatever that number game was, but I believe it was December 1st was the day. Um, the deal was made in August. The Browns traded Duke Johnson to the Houston Texans for a fourth-round pick. If Duke Johnson played in X amount of games, the Browns would get the Houston Texans' third-round pick. Now today we're hearing from a lot of Houston, Texas, and I can't get anybody big enough to really give us a valid answer to this, that the Browns will get the Texans' compensatory pick in the third round, which is pick 97, as opposed to pick 90. 
And yes, guys, seven picks in the draft matter, especially when the top 100. I don't care what you say. It does aggravate me. But my question here is, is how in August can you use something as compensation for a trade? And even in December, on December 1st, they did not hold this selection. They got this selection today. So how does that work as far as compensation for a deal that a deal that was essentially consummated in December as far as the Browns part of it? And the thing is, Texans folk talk about this like this is religion. Pete, we have never heard any of this Browns-wise. Not one stinking drop of it. And it seems weird because everybody's been Browns fans here and all you listen to been your entire life. And it seems I'm more aggravated about it than most. Um, so the terms of the deal were it was a conditional fourth-round pick. Uh, it became a third-round pick. If Duke Johnson played 10 games, he played 10 games. Uh, the hitch is when does uh, that you know deal come through, essentially? And the answer is basically now. And, um, but wouldn't it come through way, in December when he played in his 10th game? I mean, to the extent that it was going to be a third-round pick, yes. But uh, beyond that, no. Um, so you uh you get to a point where the top you know the competition comes due and uh the Texans get to pick whatever third round pick they want now that they have the 97th pick courtesy of the uh compensatory selections for losing Tyron Matthews to the Kansas City Chiefs uh they get, uh sent, they're going to send 97 to the Browns instead of 90 uh in the same way that if Somehow, some way, the Texans didn't have a third-round pick at all. Like, let's say they traded it for something else. The pick uh, would jump, just go up the ladder. In essence, at that point, the Browns would have gotten the second-round pick. So that is how that works in a nutshell. But the, the entire uh, confusion on this is just when uh, do the, the conditional picks uh, come through, and it's not, you know, right when the conditions are met. It's uh, after the fact. In this case, uh, now, and that, you know, that that changed uh, when the NFL made it so you could trade conditional picks. Uh, it wasn't that long compensatory ago. Picks. Con- or compensatory picks. The, uh, compensatory picks used to be untradeable. Uh, the whole point yes. was that they were specifically there to replace free agents lost, so you couldn't move them. Uh, they changed that. So now with that move, uh, the Browns can't get the 97th pick. Um, I mean, it, I don't know. It, it, it's, I guess, annoying, but the Browns still get a third-round pick. It's still a good value for what? Well, technically uh, they don't because it's pick 97. I mean, it's. I, I don't love losing seven spots theoretically, but in, in that sense, they never really did. And realistically, the fault of this comes down to the Kansas City Chiefs for signing Tyron Matthew for $11.8 million this season or whatever it was, uh, which caused the third-round pick. Uh, But I guess they won the Super Bowl, so it's worth it. But that is how the third-round pick came to be and how the Texans are giving that to the Browns as opposed to uh, the 90th pick. Still worth it, but obviously not as good. Yes. Just one, I mean, I just don't understand where Texans folks were talking about this like it was 
you know, ketchup is red, mustard is yellow. And there was not one mention of this at any given time, especially when Duke played in his 10th game. There was no mention of this ever. This For that part, for me, it just seems mad confusing. I, I don't know. I mean, A, uh, I, you know, to expect better from Brown's media, maybe that's on me. But, you know, where is the back and forth as far as, you know, what is the everything of a deal? And I don't know. It just The whole thing just aggravates me, agitates me. Pete, uh, you know, obviously you've been busy here. Uh, the film reviews, before we get to listener questions, some guys catching your eyes. Um, obviously, it was Wyoming Pro Day today. You know, I hate to talk about this draft class at linebacker, but we're going to have to. Logan Wilson out today, you know, 236, 6'2", agile, tons of tackles. Uh, what's the latest uh, on the uh, Pete Smith radar draft-wise, Pete? Uh, Logan Wilson's tough. Um, his film is okay. I think he's probably better suited to be a will linebacker than he is a Mike linebacker. The um, issue is he's not really a finished product, and he turns 24 in July, which doesn't mean he's Ooh. a bad pick. Um, it just means I don't think the Browns are likely to take him. Um, you know, he, I mean, he turns 24 on July, uh, and I think, you know, if you're the Browns and you're, and, and maybe if he's there later than maybe uh, the Browns would expect, uh, then I could see it. But like I know a lot of people talking about is a third, fourth round pick or whatever. Uh, to, to to me, I don't think that is worth it to the Browns, given the fact that they're letting, you know, Joe Schobert, who's 27-28, walk, and then theoretically we'd be replacing him with a rookie that's close to that age. I think more likely they're going to go younger on that, uh, and they also may go later on that. Um, Like, with the whole Schobert thing, there is an argument, and it's a pretty compelling one, that uh, linebackers are not worth anything, and I mean anything. Uh, like you can, if you Joe won't be tw- to- Joe won't Joe won't be twenty seven until November. So there's your point for that. Yeah, so, I mean that 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 just sort of underlines why Logan Wilson to me anyway doesn't make sense. Doesn't mean he's not a qualified candidate. Doesn't mean he doesn't have talent. Just I don't think they're going to go that route. But um, and I think the Kansas City Chiefs helped underline this point. They had no linebackers and they won the Super Bowl. But in general. Um, the Browns may be taking this to the extreme. I, I, I personally believe you can take and pay one premium linebacker, uh, especially one that can cover like he can. But, you know, if you if you go really hardcore on this, you basically get super cheap linebackers, never pay anyone, and just get what you can and put all the money in, in guys who uh, are pure covers and, and pass rushers. Um, Obviously, that's going to raise questions for for Isaiah Simmons and all that stuff, and and maybe the Browns would view him as an exception to that. But to me, I think if Isaiah Simmons is sitting there at ten, I don't think the Browns are running the card up. I think they're running the phone up to try to trade out of that. But I could be wrong. Uh, but th- that appears to be where this is going, and it doesn't mean they won't sign guys. I think they will. But I think you're going to get a combination of cheap veterans and rookies and try to make it work as best as you can. Um, and obviously that, you know, part of the reason I thought they, they would and still theoretically can sign Schobert 
it's because Joe Lewis, Joe Woods came from the 49ers, and obviously they they paid Quan Alexander, uh, you know, ten million dollars this past season. He was a big part of their defense. So I thought they might go that route, but you know, we'll see. But it seems like they may go the extreme cheap cheap route on linebackers based in the in the data on it, and uh, ultimately people will be pissed but it may actually work out better for them in the long run, but obviously it's not ideal uh, in that Joe Schobert's probably going to end up a Green Bay Packer uh, and you're going to be sitting there left holding the bag. That, yeah, that is where bet. I think he's going, by the way. I don't think there's any – it seems so obvious to me. I don't see how he goes anywhere else. Um, it seems like everything lines up perfectly for him to get to go back home, and this isn't – not that he wanted to stay here. It's it's not that, but – um. <laughs> you're going to want to be wanted, so to speak. A uh, ton of listeners, to, uh, question, questions to get to. Yeah, some more on the linebackers. And, yeah, we'll do that because it's becoming a uh, big, big topic there. Uh, your Wednesday, Locked on Browns, Pete Smith, Jeff Lloyd. Um, if you folks have the Google Home, um, go ahead. Ask it to play the latest Cleveland Browns news. You get memes from shorter segments, one minute, five minute um, more factual stuff from the day and things going on there. Just, you know, me ratting off, uh, wrapping off, you know, some information from the day. So Google Home users, go ahead and ask it to play the latest Cleveland Browns news. And uh, you'll scratch your itch, so to speak. We got listener questions. We got a bunch of them, actually. We got some in the DMs loaded up here. And this is one actually I liked. And with all that's been going on here, and this would be from A.S. Mitchell. Um, first things first, Pete, what is now the positional strength of the Cleveland Browns? Well, I mean. Right? This is a good question. Well, no, I mean, the, the, answer, the, the answer is wide receiver and running back is just not a very satisfying answer because I don't like you know, one of those positions all that much more than the other. Um, well, one, I mean, other you know, that, and you have two great names at wide receiver. You have, a, obviously, you know, Nick Chubb is the heart and soul of this offense in 2019. But, you know, their depth is a concern at both positions. But the, the holes here are endless right now. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, if if the Browns, do it smart uh, with Olivier Vernon. Defensive end is clearly the best position. I mean, there's no question that that would be uh, your two starters. Yes, Miles Garrett are far and away the best best two players they have on their team. Um, if they if they do move Vernon, and I'm still dubious they do that, um, then you know obviously that, that becomes a massive hole. Obviously, linebacker, you have nothing there right now. Uh, corner, you have one really good corner, and you have one guy you hope works out. Uh, and some of this comes down to the fact they haven't re-signed some of their guys yet. So, like, you know, safety right now is just uh, Sheldrick Redwine. He's it. Like, he's the only guy. And J.C. Hassel's working out with the team. Um, yeah, who was you know, your eighth safety ball. last year. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, you, 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 there, there's no question. And that's the, the whole risk with what the Browns are doing. That, um, you know, they're walking a fine line where, they you know, they, they cannot – risk being worse than they were last year. I think that's suicide, uh, no matter how smart the long-term plan is. But at the same time, they are theoretically going to be letting Schobert walk, uh, letting 
uh, cutting Vernon and, and some of these other veteran players uh, that they're making the uh, judgment that they can't, that they, that they don't want, need, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, for right now, it's it's defensive end. If they do move on from Vernon, it's it's running back, and then it's wide receiver. The problem is I don't know, other than defensive end, what position those that really helps them win. And having said that, Odell Beckham, obviously, if he's 100% healthy um, and and good, you know, he 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 ups your win total by probably about three games. So that's obviously where you are counting on that to sort of work out. It's, I don't know. I mean, as we're going through this, it just seems like the holes are getting more and more, which I, I didn't see happening. And look, a lot of it is for me. Yes, it is because of Joe, because you know what? If you said, all right, well, you know, here's Joe, here's his money. He's taken care of. That's in the barn. I'm comfortable at the linebacking position. We have com- We have questions at the D line. We have questions at the linebacker position. You've got questions in the secondary. You've got questions on the offensive line. Um, the tight end position, I don't know if you're going to be able to quench that thirst. I don't know if you're going to be able to find that freaking guy. I just I don't think you're going to be able to find the guy that's going to fit this. And congratulations to our guy, Darren Fells, two years, seven million, going to get four million next year. We tried to tell you, but you know somebody had to have his boy in here um, as opposed to just keeping a guy for a million less. But you know, you've all heard that tale, so to speak. Um, all right, well, this is questions about iTunes and that stuff. Um, all right, real quick, the iTunes thing, guys. The network has asked me to not put in season and episodes number anymore. Um, the reason that is is because we're a daily podcast refresh it, resubscribe, whatever. It comes up in my iTunes app, so it should come up in yours for all my iTunes listeners. So that's where we're at there. Pete, um, Carl Nassib, popular name, doesn't look like he's going to go back to Tampa. Question would be money, um, but we always loved the versatility of Carl Nassib. He just wasn't a D-end. I don't... A lot depends on what uh, Joe Wood's definition of 4-3 means. Um, in a world where <laughs> Olivier Vernon is here uh, and they want him to play with his hand on the ground and they're a true even front, um, then you could make an argument for, for Carl Nassib. If they cut Olivier Vernon, uh, that definition of 4-3 may include a stand-up end, which Carl Nassib most certainly is not. Um, He's okay. I mean, he's a base end. He's, he's better than Chad Thomas. Uh, but for what they're trying to do, I don't know that he makes much sense. In reality, uh, he'd make more sense backing up Miles Garrett on the other side, and I don't think that really helps you. So, you know, when it comes to him, I I, I don't know that it, it makes much sense for him to go back here given the scheme they want to run. I still find Manuel Ogba interesting uh, because he does have a little bit of versatility up and down the line in a scheme that makes sense. Like Carl Nassib is a three, just I don't I don't think it's ever gonna make sense. So that that part loses me. So Ogba is more interesting to me than Nassib. Uh, if they were if if they were staying with uh, uh, the defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator they had last year, then Nassib was the type of guy that they wanted. Uh, and and but with with Woods, I, I think they want um, uh, that doesn't really fit where they're going. 
Um, and this comes from um, my, at Luckbuck, and always a good dude. Um, Pete, obviously, this is a huge one now. And look, we value the linebacker position. You know, draft wise, it's not something we necessarily value high. You want good athletes that's shown on tape that can cover and make tackles, and you get a lot of good names lower. But how do you fill this room now? I mean, you're essentially, I mean, unless they were insanely high on Mac and Sione Taki Taki, what do you do? I mean, free agent-wise, the list isn't great. And for everybody, oh, well, just sign Corey Littleton. You guys understand Corey Littleton's going to get more money, most likely going to get a lot more, you know, more money than Joe. Everybody wants to make it just that simple. And then I get the guys who give me, you know, and everybody, oh, Jeff, you can fill it easily. Okay, well, show me how you're going to do that. And then they hand me a list from Brent Sobolewski. Um, guys, love Brent. Brent's a good dude. Guess what? Brenton would re-sign Joe Schober too. So it, it's just not as easy as you all think. What would even be an accurate plan, a decent plan to get a couple more guys in here, Pete? Because I got to be honest, between this class, which has – Three names, top heavy, and then some guys on day three who really, really show some possible promise. But, I mean, unless maybe your theory, and, and I kind of agree with it, and maybe this is what a lot of other people are saying, is they're just punting on it and saying we'll throw five or six guys there who can just kind of run around and hopefully they make plays. But if that's the case, you better go heavy on freaking D-line. Really heavy. Uh, yeah, and I think that's ultimately what's going to happen. Um so, you know, we'll see if it's accurate. If you go by Sport Track or whatever, their projection for Corey Littleton is something like sixteen million dollars annually, um, which is insane to me. I don't know if that. Well, that's the happen. that's the fran- that is the that is the franchise tag number at the line of position. I think it's like sixteen three. Yeah. So uh, that's you know if you're not going to keep Schober, Littleton makes no sense. Um, to me, there's I think the Browns are more likely to go heavy at linebacker day three. I don't think that um, I'm not. They have. I'm not they sure. Have two picks on day three. That's the problem. They're gonna have to. I mean, everybody wants to just say, "Oh, we can do all of this." We have to get all these free agents to commit to a new GM first time, new head coach first time, and you only have seven picks, guys. There's gonna be holes here even after all of this is done. Well, part of it is more reason I think they're gonna try to trade down. Um, and maybe more than once, but I think they want to get more picks on day three. I do think you can find undrafted free agents that can help you. Um, I Again, I think they're going to be active for a bunch of those tier three type free agent linebackers, and I do think they're going to throw a lot of bodies at the issue. I don't think they're going to operate uh, with the assumption that Mac Wilson is a starter. I, personally, I, think, I don't think you can. I'm not sure. I, I guess one of the questions I have is, what do they view uh, Sione Takitaki as? Because theoretically, he could be an edge rusher in this scheme. He could also obviously be the Mike Backer, and that was what they were doing with him last year. Um, so they may not draft really with him in mind, not to say they won't use him, but they may. the, the situation may dictate what he does more than necessarily their evaluation of him. We'll see. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, if they trade down or they sign a bunch of – free agents, uh, lower tier free agents, and they just throw a lot of bodies at the problem and do exactly what you said, which is attack the defensive line. 
that may be exactly how they view the position. And again, I've long thought they were going to try to make a big splash in free agency at safety. I still think they're going to go after Anthony Harris hard. Um, and, and you know, obviously they have Denzel Ward. You know, they're hope, hope, hoping uh, Greedy Williams can uh, step up and, and, and play. I do think they are going to look at it from that standpoint. And obviously um, if they do things like uh, sign some safeties or draft some safeties in that combo coverage set thing where they, you know, it's big nickel. You know, I don't think they'll ever really talk about it in those terms, but where they only really have two linebackers or in some cases one one linebacker uh, that they could basically just minimize the impact of that position as much as humanly possible. Uh, The other possibility I I don't rule out is is that Mac or that uh, Sione Takitaki could theoretically be a Mike backer on uh, rundowns and then on pure nickel situations, he becomes an edge rusher, um, you know, which obviously has been a trend with some SEC teams and some NFL teams have messed with it. Uh, but uh, like Deontay Hightower at Alabama was an example of a guy where they did that. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think, you know, as, as all these people are like, you can throw anybody in there and they're going to be better than Schobert and, and uh, Kirksey and whatever, I, I don't be surprised when you're literally being tested on that because that may be exactly their approach. And that's not to say that um, it won't work or that it can't work. I just think that's sort of one of the positions they're going to uh, sort of de-emphasize in their thought process, at least based on the evidence we have so far. That could obviously change. But I don't anticipate a situation where they use a first or second round pick on a linebacker. It just doesn't make sense to me. I think they are going to prioritize, obviously, uh, offensive line or trading down from one, if not both of those picks, and try to add line play on both sides. In other words, they could add a defensive tackle uh, and then basically build that wall in front. Um, you know, one of the guys I think might make sense for what they're doing is is Matt Abluki from uh, Texas A&M. Um, he's not done testing, uh, but he's a guy that theoretically could do that. Russ Blacklock, I wish he tested better on jumps, but uh, he's a productive player. But I do think they're going to just, you know, just keep adding to that defensive line and basically make it work. And there are teams where this has happened. Uh, the Rams are one example where Corey Littleton was, I think, an undrafted free agent yep. uh, that is, is obviously – cashed in and is going to make a ton of money. Uh, but because of the nature of the position and the way that the NFL is sort of devaluing it, there are always guys late. It's just, you know, obviously uh, I thought the Browns could have done better than picking Mac Wilson when they did. And obviously Sandy Taki Taki is a talented player, but a bit of a projection. So there's ways to do it. It's just a question of how they're, they plan to do it. I just, again, I think this, I don't think it's going to be a situation where we're like last year with John Dorsey and basically going, when's he going to take the defensive tackle? When's he going to take a defensive tackle? Oh shit. He didn't take any defensive tackles and didn't sign it. Didn't sign any undrafted free agent defensive tackles. I, but I do think it would not surprise me in the least if the bronze are sitting there, maybe that second, third round pick or into day three where people are going, when are we going to get a linebacker? And they're going to be waiting until then. Uh, yeah. It's- Maybe it's a build it outside on the offensive line, which is what you need. Maybe it's, you know, throw bodies at the defensive line, free agency in the drip, um, and figure out the rest. But, it, you know, 
definitely getting a little nervous. Obviously, we'll have some more answers. I, I was about a week from now, exactly. So we'll be here to cover all that. Um, we got, you know, we'll finish up, uh, you know, free agency previews as far as, you know, those positions, names that may have some ilk here. Um, it, it's great to have cap space. It certainly is. But um, there's, you know, headliners here, but you got to start filling in, you know, the middle here. Like what's the side dishes to all this meat here that you have with this roster and We'll know soon. We'll definitely know soon. There's um, a bunch of guys that theoretically fit into what they're talking about uh, in, in, that could, could be on the cheap side. Example, uh, Stefan Anthony was, I think, a first-round pick. Maybe it was the second-round pick. He's going to be an undrafted free agent. The Browns could take a – especially if they're going to go heavy on uh, defensive line, they could go after Dayon Buchanan. Obviously, that didn't happen – with Wilkes, but with Wilkes gone, maybe more of a consideration. Uh, there's guys like John Bostick, uh, you know, he's more of a filler. you got your boy, Darren Lee. Uh, it could be a cheap <laughs> disposable. I don't know if they're, they're going to want to deal with theoretically the off field issues. BJ Goodson to me is a guy that's worth looking into. Uh, BJ, uh, Blake Martinez may get paid more than teams are ready for. There's guys like Hardy Nickerson Jr., some of those guys. So I don't love the the the, the way that that may work out. But, again, I, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if, if they do that. Jatavis Brown's going to be an undirected free agent, or, uh, unrestricted free agent, as is Tyler Medikevich, who I don't even know if he ever saw the field as a linebacker from the Steelers. But there are guys, none of them will really uh, do that much to make people super excited, but they are at least options that can fill the position for the time being. Well, you warned me what they going to be happy. Um, guys, make sure you check it out. Everything over Browns uh, Digest through SI.com. Pete and his team put it together, doing a ton of work day in, day out, covering everything. Um, I know Pete was busy today. You got at least three, four things from him. Make sure you're checking that out. Um, obviously, you know, things are going to start to shake around Monday, Wednesday, the frenzy will begin. Um, make sure you're following uh, Browns Digest, obviously at Browns Digest. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore show itself at Locked On Browns, all lowercase. Always a follow back account. DMs open. Questions, ideas, thoughts, anything you want to ask, send it over there. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs open as well. Send it on over there. Anything you got. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.